Hello, it's Wednesday the 22nd of November. I'm Miranda Sawyer and I am the Antichrist. I am an anarchist. Welcome back to Paper Cuts, the modern newspaper review, where we've kicked in our telly in a fit of peak and miffery. We don't need TV, for we have the filth and the fury of the UK press to wind us up while we're sitting down. And we bring you the paper's best bits, their hit singles, their absolute bangers, all squished together like a greatest hits compilation, or now that's what I call the papers, part 279. We're out every day, Monday to Friday, so you'll never feel like you've been cheated. Now... Here are the headlines for today's show. Do you think I'm taxi? Chancellor Jeremy Hunt is trying to make us like him by trailing tax reforms. Posh knickers. The middle class are shoplifting and the papers have noticed. And bed slobs and snooze tricks. Guardian readers have ways of making you snore. Welcome to Paper Cuts. We read the papers so you don't have to. Thanks for joining us on Paper Cuts, where we'd definitely be number one if it wasn't for Rod Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Miranda Sawyer, and joining me on the show today is tax swatter-upper and editor of Pop Bitch, Chris Lockery. Hi. Hi. Also with us is comedian and one of the top six funniest authors in the UK, as proved by an official ceremony last Monday night, it's Fergus Craig. Hello. So what do we have on the front pages today? Chris, what do we have? Well, I'm afraid it's a very, very bleak day for front pages. It's um, tax and death, basically. Yeah. Not even any birth to lighten the mood. So the front of the Telegraph, we have uh, biggest tax cut for businesses in 50 years. The Guardian has gone with Hunt bows to Tory demands for tax cut in bid to revive economy. <laughs> it's a good day for the papers. Probably going to be a bad day for broadcasts with Jeremy Hunt's tax cuts. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll the, be careful. <laughs> waiting for the person who's going to make the big slip. It's going to be a problem today. Uh, Are you often... worried someone might call him a c- <laughs> <laughs> Tick Ferg. <laughs> uh, Hunt offers tax cuts for workers and businesses. And yeah, everyone else is leading with the, um, the missing teens from the Snowdonia crash, which, um, you know, a, a deeply sad story. Yeah. Okay. And what do you have, Ferg? Yes, the Daily Mail has the story of those four teenagers who went camping in Snowdonia and died in a car crash. The headline is Four Pals Who Went Camping and Never Came Home. The Sun has the same story and the same pictures, uh, So Young. The Mirror, So Tragic, the same four boys. And the Daily Star has as you might expect, a story about uh, Cliff Richard and uh, the Sex Pistols. These are vital stories. Yes, uh, a sort of feud that they have. Well, a a one-way feud. Cliff Richard apparently uh, has said in his autobiography that uh, he hated punk, but it didn't go both ways because apparently Steve Jones of the Pistols was a big, big fan I don't really understand this. They watched Steve's DVD of Summer Holiday on the tour bus. But, I mean, the dates don't really max up, match up yeah. there, do yeah, they, yeah, with yeah. the invention of DVDs? Yeah, but. that seems... Maybe they mean video, but did they have videos on tour buses then? I don't think they ever got to the stage of a tour bus with a video. I don't know, maybe it was on the reunion tour. But yeah. it is also uh, worth mentioning that all... Uh, four of the tabloids have Kate, as you'd imagine, yep. Princess Kate on the covers, uh, most of them with the same 
a shot of her getting out of a car. The Daily Mail says, how Kate gets those stunning sculpted legs. Mm. And if you go inside the paper, uh, it says, even her kneecaps are lovely. An well, essential okay, part of the leg, the kneecap. It is, it is oh, a yeah. kneecap. They're judging. So you can't, you can't... Um, it's probably, yeah. Yeah, they're it's judging the every yeah. element of it, yeah. and the kneecaps come out really well. I wonder if we should just have a quick look at um, a story that's on a lot of the front pages and has been confirmed this morning. This is a four-day cessation in hostilities, a pause in the bombing of Gaza, which has been confirmed this morning. Yeah, well, it's a deal that's been brokered sort of between Qatar and the US. They've backed it. It looks like uh, Hamas are going to release 50 hostages, women and children, and Israel will release 150 prisoners, uh, women and children from their side. So that's an exchange for a sort of a four-day pause in fighting. Four to five days seems like kind of a, a slightly woolly deadline. I mm. feel like you would want a little more clarity on when the... Um, yeah, they're they're saying a little again. bit as well that what they're saying is essentially um, Hamas have to release 12 hostages a day. And, and if they, they stop doing that, then they, the bombing, bombing starts, starts again. again. Mm. Yeah. Now, as we've just heard, the front pages are getting very excited about Jeremy Hunt's autumn statement, which sounds a little like the Chancellor is sporting a boldly patterned pashmina, but actually means he's going to be in the House of Commons today making a lot of announcements about tax. The papers don't know exactly what he's going to say, but they do have a good idea as they've been briefed by Hunt's people. So, Chris, what can we expect from this statement? Hmm. So, uh... <laughs> yeah, I know, please. <laughs> It feels like the, the sort of big tax cuts that were the mooted earlier in the week that when people were sort of guessing what this sort of statement might uh, contain, they look to be sort of postponed a bit. So there was supposed to be a cut in income tax, which doesn't look like it's happening this time, uh, cut in inheritance tax, which doesn't look like it's going to be happening. What will be happening, it seems, is uh, a one penny reduction in national insurance. That's for uh, employees and the self-employed. looks to be about a five billion cut there. One of the bonds broadsheets are very interested in is the there's a biggest uh, tax cut for businesses in 50 years. And that seems to be about investments. I know, it seems really weird. That. So like, the Telegraph goes, oh, this is the biggest business tax cut for 50 years. And that sounds massively impressive. But essentially what it means is that this thing, which is called full expensing, which is brought in in March, it's basically if you buy a computer for your company, you can claim it all back against tax. Yeah, you That's just keep big deal. <laughs> receipts for like mice and, <laughs> and yeah. keyboards and okay. stuff. And then suddenly, <laughs> um, um, there's some other bits as well, isn't there? National, the national living wage is going up. That seems like very good by uh, about 10% from £10.42 to £11.44, so we can go hooray for that. And benefits. Benefits are going up yeah, by 6.7%, uh, but that's just in line with inflation. Yes, but they could have, there was a, there's a, they've picked September's inflation rate rather than October's, which they could have gone for a slightly cheaper raise. Yes, because inflation's so they, dropped. So they, they have been, they picked the more generous of the two. Big of um, them. <laughs> very big of them. <laughs> So, um, yes, exactly. 6.7% is going up in line with inflation figures from September. Although in The Guardian, they were worried that they might use the lower inflation figures from December, which would be about like 4 point something percent. And The Guardian has one senior Tory saying there is no way they could get that past colleagues. They won't get MPs to vote for a lower increase one year out from an election in marginal seats. Get real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get real, man. Ferg, you found a quote from 
the lovely Jeremy Hunt in The Guardian, didn't you? Yes, this is apparently a, a part of the speech that will happen today that's already been leaked. He says, the, but the work is not done. Conservatives know that a dynamic economy depends less on the decisions and diktats of ministers than on the energy and enterprise of the British people, which is basically him saying, look, it's nothing to do with me. It's up to you. Get to work. <laughs> Exactly. And everybody's feeling so energetic at the moment. That's Aren't really they? been the... Aren't they just if, full if of de- enterprise? Yes, if we're dependent on the energy of the British people, then we are truly fucked. <laughs> Um, The Sun's got a positive spin though, hasn't it? Yes, The Sun, as always with any kind of budget, just boils it all down to duty on booze. That's all it ever is. So there's a picture of Jeremy Hunt from the archive, I'd imagine, of him in a pub holding a pint with the famous Jeremy Hunt expression, which he's had for as long as I've known him. Mm. That sort of looks like (laughs) there's something off his bottom and he kind of likes it. <laughs> he's always Slightly had that, afraid to move. Yeah, he's always had that face. He just looks like he looks like the CEO of a company that sells like children's furniture or something. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Just sort of like he's just very mild. He's been around for the whole of the thirteen years of government, hasn't he? Just yeah. sort of mm. with the same expression. Yeah, he only disappeared during COVID because you couldn't have had that expression in COVID <laughs> briefings. He's just too pleased with himself. <laughs> The headline is three cheers. Three cheers, of course it is. Three beers, three cheers. So what does it mean anyway? What, what, what's actually happening to the beer? Do we know? It's going to be uh, frozen. Duty okay. on alcohol is going to be frozen. So we're well, just staying at the £7 a pint. Yeah, <laughs> things are great. We're not yes. moving up to the £8 pint anytime soon. OK, there are some kind of um, explanations of what's been going on because I, you know, I had trawled through the papers this morning in order to learn about tax. And essentially what has happened is that tax revenues have been higher than expected, mostly because wages have gone up because inflation has gone up. So there's more tax coming into, into the Treasury. This means that instead of borrowing £115 billion, which they forecast in the March budget, Hunt has only borrowed £98 billion, which still sounds like quite a lot to Mm. me, but it means that he's got £17 billion more than they thought he would have in March. So they've now decided to see this as a saving of £17 billion, which I have to say is absolutely textbook girl maths from TikTok. It's like... It's just completely, this didn't exist, but I've decided it ha- It now has, 17 billion, off you go. Well, maybe that, because there was talk that um, Rishi Sunak was going to shuffle in a, a female chancellor as a sort <laughs> of da- dangling in to sort of say, ahead of the election to show that, they, you know, they're a diverse yeah. cabinet or something. Um, and maybe this is the compromise. Yes, exactly. They, this is far Jeremy, as I can go. Jeremy Hunt in there and they're like, but you will have to uh, do girl math. Yeah, That's exactly. what you're going to have to do. That's what you have to do. Um, so, look, we we have done our research. It is quite, I think the word we can use is tedious. Mm-hmm. I mean, these tax things. There are apparently 110 new measures for some reason. But anyway, we felt justified this morning because um, we picked up the paper City AM, which was for all the business heads. And what does it say on the front, Chris? Clear as mud. <laughs> so... <laughs> Thank you.
Now, on the front page of both The Telegraph and The Independent is the headline, Confessions of a Middle-Class Shoplifter. (laughs) These have been inspired by the story a couple of days ago about how there's been an uplift in shoplifting in places like M&S, with one woman filling her bag with Le Creuset and cheese. (laughs) So, there is this article in The Telegraph, Fergus. What has the woman in there been nicking? Well, they've got a photo to illustrate the um, epidemic of middle-class shoplifting, and it's of a a woman stuffing a bottle of olive oil in her denim jacket. I have to say, that wouldn't work. It's the wrong jacket. It's the wrong jacket. It's completely the wrong jacket. You need a large fur coat for that kind of size of olive oil. There speaks a woman who knows (laughs) how to steal balsamic. (laughs) It's got a lot of quotes from a lady whose name has been changed to protect her identity to Yvette. To show she's middle class. To show she's middle class. You you would imagine she's probably she's probably just the writer, Fiona <laughs> or a friend of hers. Archie Norman, who is Marks and Spencer's chairman, has been talking about it. He says it's too easy to say it's a cost of a living problem. Some of this is gangs, then you get the middle class <laughs> with well, a redu- not gangs of middle not class. Gangs of middle class. <laughs> that would Ball be clubs going rogue, yeah. That would be funny. Yeah, yeah. From Waitrose to Waitrose. With the reduction of service in many shops now, some people think this didn't scan properly or it's very difficult to scan these things through and I shop here all the time. It's not my fault. I'm owed it, really. It's it's all about sort of middle-class entitlement, really. Well, I'm sorry, but if you're not going to have people to to man the uh, tills, then uh, it's your fault. Yvette describes her technique in a, a lot of detail, doesn't she? Yes, she says that dutifully I scanned each and every item as per the instructions on the handheld scanner. The problem arose when I tried to pay at the till. First, there was a lengthy queue, which was annoying, and then it wouldn't accept the barcode at the end for me to pay. I called for help and waited for assistance, but all the staff seemed to be busy helping in the, in the regular self-scanning queues. No one was manning scan as you shop, and I was getting crosser and crosser. I needed to get to work. Uh, so she just did a bunk. Yes, so um, to cut to the chase, uh, my adrenaline was pumping, but I just drove... She walked out with all her shopping, didn't pay for it. My adrenaline was pumping, but I just drove the three miles home. I couldn't believe I'd walked out with £150 worth of shopping. <laughs> it's a lot. 150 quid is a lot. It's basically a trolley full. Yeah, and, and that's More like... More than a trolley full. In of itself, that's quite a big thing to do and then not go back and pay but since then she's done it four more times <laughs> so she's become addicted to the thrill she is i think she, i mean i think she needs to be sent to prison yeah well it's quite a lot of money i have to say that the, the when i went shoplifting it was a massive amount I, I stole some juicy fruit chewing gum when i was about six and got rumbled by my mum for chewing the chewing gum really like ostentatiously in front of her because I thought I got away <laughs> with it. And she made me go back to the supermarket and confess it was completely humiliating and then we paid. But this lady, 150 quid, she doesn't care, Yvette. Well, I mean, she's, <laughs> chewing loudly and ostentatiously in front of your mum is one thing. Giving an interview <laughs> to the Telegraph about how much you're... I mean, she's wanting to get caught. This is what they say, isn't it? The cr- yeah. You know, the yeah, I think so. Yes, exactly. It's like, please, it's the equivalent Return of Return of the scene of the in. crime. The, te- the telegraph speeches pull out. The irony is you know that this is the sort of person who will sort of look down on youths loitering at bus stops and worry about them. Yeah. I mean, she's in sitting the, in, at home with her arga. 
everything. <laughs> not realising. Yeah, not realising she's the biggest criminal in the neighbourhood. Yeah, she also says that she feels justified by it because um, she's got a kind of, she's adjusted her moral centre to slightly wonky. Um, and she says that essentially the reason why she feels justified is because she steals what she considers to be essentials. Rather than like I don't know a bottle of vodka, so she, because she's going in and it's the essentials that she requires for her children, that's okay. Yeah, she says I earn a reasonable amount, drive an SUV, and live in a desirable postcode. My kids were privately educated. <laughs> so I mean, what she considers con- essentials might not be what everyone else considers. Yeah. <laughs> But she's not willing to impact the margins of, like, artisanal distilleries. <laughs> like, all those gin makers on the South Coast are all going to get their uh, get their markups, but the people behind... Daz aren't going to get theirs. No, definitely no, not. Almond milk is an essential. Now, as you all know, at Paper Cuts Towers, we love headlines. The filth and the fury. Ban this sick stunt Wacko Jacko. And we even like ones that aren't about pop music and the people who make it. So, Chris, what do we have today? Page three of the star today Mm. has the story that um, the BBC is laying Top Gear to rest for a while. Mm. Um, Unsurprising, really. 46 years and after their sort of second major presenter crash, they're wondering if it's wise to carry on. And as a result, a very sort of simple, easy headline. Stop Gear. Okay, yep, that's um, it. We, we get it. I mean, yeah. And then we have on page seven. This is a, a Boffins story. The star have got their Boffins on the case of the problem of astronaut erectile dysfunction. Oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> apparently they found that uh, a series of factors involved in space travel, weightlessness, um, potential uh, exposure to radiation uh, is leaving astronauts unable to uh, get it up when they return ah, okay. to Earth. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I thought they were like, we can't, they couldn't get erections in space. <laughs> no, like, well, is this essential? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do they test before you go in if you can get it up in this in this Well, chamber, there, is no, there right. is no up in space, I suppose. They just, yeah, you just don't know where it goes. Yeah, it just yeah, sort of like yeah. waves around like a weird antenna. Anyway, um, so they've written this up as, uh, <laughs> Houston, we do not have liftoff. <laughs> Very good, okay. Ferg, what do you have? I've got The Sun, which has the story that uh, Wayne Rooney turned down the chance to meet Jay-Z and Beyonce at Glastonbury because, can you guess, he was too hungover. <laughs> yeah. the, the headline is, CJ, Rue no can do. Which I don't really get. No, it's CJ, not quite yeah. a pun. CJ, well, that's not Is it really a pop a, song? No, no. I, I think it's, is it supposed to be Jay-Z, but CJ? Yes. Yeah, so but CJ sounds like a name, or it sounds like a I don't think DJ. that's a pun. That's just sort of a, yeah, an bad. economical way of saying he was offered the chance to see Jay-Z. Rue no can do. That, <laughs> I don't understand what that no is. No can rue. Yeah. No can rue. No can rue. Works. It's not great, but it's no, a pun. No, no, true. <laughs> Should we write them a letter? But Rune, look, I'm sorry, but <laughs> it's not good enough. You're a national newspaper. <laughs> they were known for this. What have they done? Yeah, exactly. And now you're back in the star, right? I'm back in the star. Adrian Charles and his uh, domestic urinal is back in the news. <laughs> <laughs> the comeback we all wanted. Uh, he, I guess he did an interview where he said he was surprised by how much of a story it was. Uh, he was asked if he thought it would uh, be mentioned in his obituary, and he said, 
uh, there's a thought I might get a urinal shaped gravestone uh, uh. the headline is Adrian's grave is bit potty <laughs> <laughs> quite good i do hate the urinal story it just makes me go like that the fact that he's got a urinal yeah it's very unpleasant i know he loves it and another one from the star yes it's not a pun or anything let's just take it at face value it's a um it's a story about claire balding i grew up thinking mum was a boxer dog <laughs> <laughs> oh claire which i think it's basically the story that when claire was Young, she, she thought she was a dog. <laughs> if I read it correctly, she was writing letters to the dogs, but actually to her parents. So there was some sort of dog parent confusion. Uh, there's also that thing is that that sounds a little bit like you know when people want to row, but they just do it via the dog, and they go, "Well, the dog doesn't look very happy about it." <laughs> it's a bit like that. It's just a reminder that the British posh are not well. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Your favourite history nerds are back. Yes, we at We Are History have been trawling the history shelves of our local bookshops. Well, I have, John. You mostly went round finding your books and moving them to the front of the displays. If I can find them, it's a bonus. We are ready to tell you all about what we've learned, from the revolting French to some revolting women. Via some Brits abroad and a foul-mouthed Irishman. So, download We Are History. Our laughable attempt at a silly history podcast. With me, John O'Farrell. And me, Angela Barnes. Wherever you get your podcasts. Now, squished between the grifters and the goals, the politicians and the Premier League is the cosy middly bit of the papers. The fun part, where we can all learn which trousers, which holiday and which children's Christmas gift to immediately spend our wages on just to fill the empty void inside. And The Guardian Online has a good piece today that involves spending nothing at all. It's about a paper cut's favourite newspaper topic, how to get to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) But this time round, instead of asking experts how best to go about it, they've asked Guardian readers to send in their top getting to sleep tips. There's some quite good advice, isn't there? Quite varied advice, Chris. There's some terrible advice as well. Let's just be clear <laughs> up front. That this, this, none of this should be um, taken as, uh, as smart. Uh, it's come about as a result of Julia Fox, who has been sort of one of 2023's breakout stars. Mm. She was claiming that she uh, used to go to sleep with her hairdryer on. Obviously, that is a huge safety hazard. Mm. Uh, so yes, don't they've, try, yeah. they've uh, asked readers for um, their techniques. And there's, you know, there's your classics. There's the... Um, have a warm glass of milk options. But then there's some, yeah, there's some very strange ones. There was someone who played an alphabet game in her mind where she would um, alphabetize episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer mentally. That is really hard. Really, I, I, really hard. That's, that's the sort of thing that to me felt like that would keep me up. Yeah, it's a torture. Yeah, exactly. It's a self-torture. I mean, there are some quite nice ones. There's ones where people just say, oh, they're going to design an imaginary house in their head or renovations to their actual house or they count backwards in sevens. Or I like this one. This was a pensioner. They just went hot shower and weed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
And one of them had this really slow-moving soap opera where they mm. kind of imagine all the characters, what they're wearing, where they live, and then they just go, there are occasions of excitement, but mostly it is routine, and they just snooze. There are some other advice that seems very specific to them, isn't there? There's the pillow lady. This is the pillow lady. This is what she requires to go to sleep. I require at least five and sometimes more pillows. One under my head, normal. One stuffed under my chin. One between my arms. Sometimes this one can be the same as the chin pillow, depending on size. So she's kind of wrapped around it. One between my legs. And one to two pillows piled on top of my face. (laughs) (laughs) It's just amazing. No, she has to get her partner to go and close the blackout blinds because um, once she's done that, she can't move. Yeah, exactly. She can't move. And she's got a white noise machine and, um, and a purposely very loud fan that sits in the corner of the room. I mean... I wonder if she works in like a, an Amazon fulfillment centre or something because it sounds like she's sort of packing herself in in the way that they might pack a sort of like a shoehorn or something like that. I just think Valium, love. <laughs> Try one of them. Now, in the star and the sun, under differing headlines, the star has not coolio and the sun has amazeballs is totes annoying. These are pieces about the words we find most irritating. Boffins, according to the star, are claiming that cringeworthy sayings may even confuse our brains into believing there's a physical threat, which sounds a bit much. But anyway, I think we should look at the words that have been designated the most annoying. What have you got, Fergus? The top one is amazeballs. Mm. I think amazeballs is quite interesting, I have to say. Mm -hmm. Yes, because I think I remember when it became kind of used, when it was the early days of Twitter, and it was a writer called Catelyn Moran who writes for The Times, and she kind of almost promoted it. Do you know what I mean? She Mm -hmm. liked it a lot, and she used it a lot on Twitter. And then it seemed to just come out, like spread out from there. That and cockwomble. (laughs) Cockwomble, I hate cockwomble. But they're all things that are sort of like, they're sort of, Cute and nice for a day, and then your auntie's using them. Yes, yeah. exactly. And they're horrible. Like, I'm surprised Holly Bobs isn't on here. It oh, must I've got be. it. I've oh got no, he's on here. Yeah, Holly Bobs. Sorry, twenty nine percent. Hate it. Yeah, who think it's the most annoying? The, it, the, no, that's that the most right. annoying. No, so they must find that annoying. Yeah. yeah, me thinks. I'm pleased to see that's on there. Me thinks is terrible. Me thinks. Yeah, it's that's just a terrible. Awful. One. Totes. It's had a long time to disappear as well. <laughs> just in one go. Yeah, you know, I feel like one. something like uh, Bants or something like that feels relatively modern. Me thinks seems like it's had at least two hundred years to fuck off. <laughs> I, I, what's not on there? I hate utilize. Yeah, that's think, a very specific one. Because people yeah. will use utilize instead of use, use. Just right, to try okay. and sound smart. And I hate gaslighting. Why? Okay. Because it felt like it just showed up five years ago. I feel like we've been gaslit into, into thinking that this was a phrase that we all always knew. But it's from a film, isn't it? Apparently. But there was like there was well, an article. Thing, is there, it? Was, <laughs> there was like an article one day about <laughs> gaslighting to think to describe Trump. And now it's like people are shouting it like outside Weatherspoons at two in the morning. Stop gaslighting me, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> like every like, everyone uses gaslighting all the time. A narcissist. That's that they use that quite a lot, but that's not in there because it's just yeah, not these an annoying are, these word. Yeah, these are sort of it's like more cringe thing. rather than actual, you yeah. know. What are the other words? words. Uh, lols with a Z. Mm. Bants without a Z. Nom, nom, nom. I've got to say, that one really gets my teeth on edge. Right? Yeah. yeah, that's terrible. Wine o'clock. Yes, Wine that's o'clock. not good. No. There's one that I quite like, which I think is, very, you know, should be used. I'm which <laughs> it's hot girl summer. I just think that's fine. That's just saying you're going to have a nice time, young, free and single in the summer, you know? Yeah. 
I think that's all right. This one I wasn't familiar with, Fur Baby. Oh, it's, yeah, a pet, I, I suppose. It's a pet's fur. Uh, Your fur baby. They refer to their fur babies. So instead of, if you oh, maybe a childless uh, person would have a, a pet and treat that like a child. I genuinely just assumed it was some baby, kind of fetish thing. thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a safe bet. Nine times out of ten, it really is. But uh, no, in that case, it's sort of a pet that's treated like a child. Oh, right, it's yeah. It's a fur no, baby. That is horrible. Yes, mm. it is terrible. And that's the end of today's paper cuts. Thanks to Chris. Thank you. Thanks to Fergus. Thank you. And thanks to every one of you who've joined our Paper Cuts Supporters Club. Your £5 a month means we can continue to buy the papers every day and not have to sell ourselves to a complicated American business vehicle. And if you'd like to join the Paper Cuts Supporters Squad and maybe even get yourself an exclusive mug or T-shirt, just follow the show notes to back.papercutshow.com to find out more. Our excellent supporters get a shout out on every show. So who do we have today? Hello, and you're a living doll, Patrick Hogan. Hello, you're a bachelor boy, James Harvey. <laughs> Hi, and you're a devil woman, <laughs> Janet Heffernan. Congratulations and jubilations, one and all. I've been Miranda Sawyer, and you've been listening to Paper Cuts on a Day when the Star informs us that Bolton Council have approved plans for an 18-bedroom sex centre for swingers to be built next to a fishing shop. You'll need ID and the club will, apparently, evaluate potential members. (laughs) (laughs) I bet they will. Yeah, exactly. With fishing and swinging, it's all about the tackle. See you tomorrow. (laughs) Paper Cuts was written and presented by Miranda Sawyer with Chris Lockery and Fergus Craig. The producer was Liam Tate. Assistant producer was Adam Wright. And audio producer was me, Jade Bailey. Music is by Simon Williams. Socials by Jess Harpin. Design by Jim Parrott. With original art by Modern Toss. The executive producer is Martin Boytosh. Managing editor is Jacob Jarvis. And group editor is Andrew Harrison. Paper Cuts is a Podmasters production.